603 on Radio 1190, KVCU Boulder, the AM Revolution. I'm Joe Paris, back for another edition of News Underground, which is now also a podcast on the iTunes App Store. I'm joined tonight with my co-host, as always, Mr. Jared Browse. Jared is just getting situated here, and he will join me as soon as he pulls up to the mic stand, which in the Radio 1190 air room actually takes a little bit of effort. you got to wrestle with the microphone, and you got to get it all right, but... Jared, actually, wow, that was record time. Jeez. I know. I got. I have some experience with this type of uh, this type of microphone, so I can come in quickly. Unfortunately, I got caught in that construction around Pearl Street, and one of the uh, cement trucks were pulling out, so I had to sit there for about ten minutes as he finagled his way into the parking lot. That's never fun getting stuck in a situation like that because I actually had that two weeks ago, three weeks ago. I was driving up behind to the rear. Um, exit entrance secret entrance to the rec center which i will not disclose fully where it is (laughs) but um you have to drive through that just banana show of things going on behind Folsom field the new champion center they're making the 150 million dollar project that they have 80 million for and they're kind of just hoping the 70 million remaining just shows up somehow Don't worry, Colorado. You'll probably have a bond issue come across your desk here in the next year or so. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's coming. Very. Uh, but I, you know, I, I did my business at the rec center, I'm trying to leave, and a giant like trailer truck got stuck in a hole, and so they had to halt building the Champion Center to build a way out. <laughs> so I sat there and watched a bunch of construction workers. At it was about. 501 when this happened so they were working very quickly to get out of there um they built some kind of uh i don't know they just kind of boarded up an area and they brought some materials in and they actually got it out within like 30 minutes but i sat and watched i actually got out of my car at one point and (laughs) sat on the hood and just kind of watched it was the second time that it happened too and there's nowhere you can go because someone always pulls behind you mm-hmm. and no one knows how long it's going to take, so you're just kind of stuck. I was going to try and like pull out and go like where the golf carts go, but my car was just too wide to do that because I did toy with that idea momentarily. So, uh, PSA, don't try and go up the back entrance to the rec center. It's not worth it. Um, Jared, this morning I went to quite an event, uh, one-of-a-kind event. I went to my brother's fifth-grade graduation. Oh. Oh, my. <laughs> I, we could do a whole hour on just things that I saw this morning, but <laughs> we'll, we'll contain it to a few minutes. First of all, and I don't really want to rehash this because we actually did this, uh, I think it's first semester. Um, we're sitting in the uh, this elementary school gymnasium. And there's just a woman just casually just breastfeeding her child during the event. And it's like, come on. And the thing is, like, I really don't mind women breastfeeding in public, but there needs to be some discretion about how it makes other people feel. And, I mean, you don't need to do it in the gymnasium, do it in the foyer, do it in the bathroom. I mean, I know know a lot of people, I guess, I don't... It's it's natural, and you're feeding someone, but, I mean, going to the bathroom is natural, too, and I'm not supposed to get up and go to the bathroom in the middle of a gymnasium. So, I mean, it's just there needs to be awareness on both sides where, um, obviously, people need to be aware of the need to do it, especially at certain times of the day, but 
on the other side, yeah, there needs to be discretion. It just makes it can make it a really uncomfortable situation. And I agree with you. I'm not opposed to breastfeeding, obviously. I'm not saying that. But to me, it's in the same category of taking a phone call yeah, during yeah. the graduation. That's a better example. It's a 45-minute yeah. to hour you know, graduation. I mean, you could debate all day long if you really need a fifth-grade graduation. <laughs> yeah, that's the um, other side of it. But it's like you can't wait 50 minutes. Like I, you know, it, and first of all, and I, well, I noticed it as soon as I walked in. Of course, the child wasn't crying. It didn't yeah. seem like he was upset. If he was upset and trying to calm it down, all right, fine. Um, that is second to my most famous breastfeeding story. Do you remember the first one from last year? I yeah, I remember you telling it. But real quick, uh, uh, refresher. I'm riding my bike to Radio 1190 to do the Wednesday night show, and. Like, uh, like a 14-year-old kid gets hit by a, a car. Woman gets out of the car. She's distressed. I was the first one on the scene. I, like, you know, pulled the kid out of the street, wrapped his knee up. Woman who hit the kid on her bike, who was at fault, comes out of her car after calming down, just breastfeeding her kid in the middle of the street while she's talking to police and, like, EMT. It's like, what are you doing? Yeah. And, I mean, in a weird way, I mean, obviously, there's witnesses. So, um, I mean, I'm sure people said the the biker was at fault, but like it, it's weirdly like it, it it makes you seem like you're not taking the situation seriously. Yeah. And again, I mean, we I, I understand that you're you're feeding a child and, and needs to eat, but it, like you said, I mean, a half an hour isn't going to make a difference when you're describing how you injured someone. Even even I mean. I mean, honestly, if, if it became like if it got down to litigation, I would bring that up in in the courtroom. <laughs> Be like, uh, she seemed pretty calm about about it. Uh, it almost like she was aiming for me, and then she was so calm. Like it's almost something like out of an action movie. If you yeah. had a villainous, um, actually, I think that was American Dad did a joke about that. That really? like. Huh. Like there was a master enemy or master villain, and and she was breastfeeding, and everyone was like really uncomfortable because yeah. of it. And I mean, there's just situations where, I mean, the same way, like I wouldn't take out a bowl of spaghetti and meatballs and start eating it while I'm talking to cops, like <laughs> after an accident. So even if you're not at fault, yeah, exactly. It's like just wait. Yeah. So there's that. Uh, fifth grade graduation was great. I enjoyed it. Um, my little brother, uh, he's. He's the future, folks. <laughs> like, he, stay tuned. In about ten years, he'll be on this program. <laughs> um, but I will say there were some. I mean, there was just some weird things going on at a fifth grade graduation. <laughs> there, first of all, there was a contest between all the parents on who had the most expensive, elaborate camera. Oh yeah, that's always in like. The dads all of a sudden become Scorsese and yep. like are like trying to get the lighting right. Yeah, they're like under seats, like yeah. doing like a like a, a from below shot. And One woman like, had a GoPro on her head. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, I, my, I was sitting next to my mom and my dad, and they both are like, you know, keep your phone away. That's your brother. I was, I kind of got a few tweets out. I wanted to take pictures. My mom's like, come on, don't take pictures unless it's <laughs> of your brother. And I was like, all right, fine. Um, but I, so, you know, I'm in the J school. We're familiar with how much cameras cost. And I saw a woman that had like a $2,000 Sony camera. It was not like a, it wasn't a DSLR. It was a camera camera yeah. that you could shoot a movie with. And I'm thinking like, she must be working for some company because yeah. like, no one needs that for private use. It wasn't like a big shoulder mount, but it was a large lens Sony. I, I actually went and looked it up at, right after the ceremony just to see how much I could get one for. Yeah. And it's like $2,100. So. Yeah. And I mean, it wouldn't, I mean, just the way people spend money in general, um, 
I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if she just purchased it herself. And I mean, it, for me, it's like purchasing a camera like that is the same thing as like purchasing a Mercedes over a Toyota. It's it's like um, unless you're doing certain things, there's no reason to have it unless it's a status symbol for someone. And and I think for a lot of especially parents at at um, at any school, there's always competition between cars and 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 technology and things like that. Houses. So, so. one big time of year, you get to bring out the kids. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll let the fifth grade graduation go. I got one real quick thing. I just thought it was funny, and I thought I'd share it with the listeners. Um, the the principal of the school, um, he, you know, it's his second year as principal. He says during his opening lines, but he opens with, you know, he tries to open with a joke, and he's talking about like parents, and then he goes. You know, actually, my parents have a really interesting story. My mom was a nun, and my dad was in seminary school, and, well, let's just say neither of them are in the church anymore. And, like, the room was just quiet. <laughs> it's just like, oh, that was not something good to lead with at the fifth grade graduation. So you got a few, like, <laughs> so, uh, anyway. Just. I mean, that's like... <laughs> I was like, what are you doing? I mean, and as someone who's, who went to Catholic school for um, oh, uh, too long, 13 years, um it's just <laughs> there's always priests that have like there's always those moments where it's like oh, like he's doing a joke only for the parents but it's a school graduation or it's school event and like and so um yeah it's just it's it's always funny when uh people don't think about their audience in terms of uh their little like their little jokes in in, in terms of speeches and stuff like that i know my brother came home and asked what the significance <laughs> of that was and i wonder how many other fifth graders were like uh what <laughs> All right. Um, we're going to really push social media, as I said. So if you would like to join the conversation, tweet at me, at Joe Paris, J-O-E-P-A-R-R-I-S, or at Jared B. Broush on Twitter. Um, I also know this this will be available uh, on demand. So awesome. feel free to uh, interact with us, post. I know if you don't listen to it live, feel, feel free to tweet at either of us. Um, if you want to know how to access this program, it will actually be available on the iTunes store if you search radio 1190 we've got a brand new radio 1190 podcast that'll feature um, several uh, programs from the show including in-studio performances by local artists and traveling artists and national artists uh, we'll put big time interviews that we have on this show and other shows in there and we will have every episode of news underground available on demand um, at first we were thinking that you know we'd leave it up for a few weeks but we actually decided as a station that we will just leave uh, it up there forever so you can always go back and access any episode of news underground which is great and at the same time it scares me to death because that means somebody can go back and find all the mistakes i make yeah <laughs> so uh if you want to take part we used to have the uh it was it was more back when joe aria was in charge of the show we had the radio 1190 news underground drinking game <laughs> so if you if we made a mistake uh, at home you were supposed to take a, a drink of your favorite hard alcohol or water. I, yeah, that's probably... Whatever you want. Anyways, uh, 615 Radio 1190 KVC Bowl. They've got a lot of local news to get to. Uh, real quickly, though, and keeping in mind that the show is going to be on demand, we're going to try and push through the weather segment more quickly than usual. Um, <laughs> right now, Boulder County, 77 degrees outside. Uh, we've got thunderstorms in the area. Uh, tonight, we've got a 10% chance of those thunderstorms continuing into the early hours of Tuesday. Tuesday looks nice, though. It's going to be sunny with a high near 83. Some light wind throughout the day. Uh, we might get some heavy wind gusts in the late afternoon. But Tuesday night's going to be uh, pretty clear. It'll be windy. Uh, no precipitation, though, on the radar for Tuesday. And looking into Wednesday, we've got a 30% chance of showers and thunderstorms afternoon. 
mostly sunny with a high near 81, a little bit of wind throughout the day. And Wednesday night, uh, we'll have our standard 30% chance of showers and thunderstorms, mainly before midnight, and it'll be uh, low of 52 on Wednesday night. So uh, I murmured, I heard some murmurs about people wanting to go on a camping trip. Um, and if you, know, you can try and sneak away for a day trip, Tuesday is looking like a good day to do it. Uh, keeping in mind that a lot of our listeners do work full-time jobs, but that's, I guess, targeted at the college demographic. Yeah, especially uh, the, the kids who are uh, stuck around town and are doing their part-time jobs and might have weekday off to enjoy, actually enjoy it, a non-rain day. Yeah. So there you go. I know I know. there's a lot of kids that are killing time. Like you end school and then like everyone's internships start like June 1st. Mine starts tomorrow, June 2nd. <laughs> so it's like, well, now all that time you're trying to kill is like gone. Yeah. Anyways. Um, all right. To the local news. Uh, the driver accused of hitting and killing a Colorado State Patrol cadet and injuring a trooper near Longmont last month was formally charged today with 16 counts, including first degree murder and attempted murder. Christopher Gebbers, 27 years old, was charged with first degree murder with extreme indifference and three counts of attempted first degree uh, murder with extreme indifference today according to court documents uh, first degree murder is a class one felony and carries a mandatory life sentence without parole if Gebbers was convicted of that uh, Gebbers was also charged with eight other felonies including first degree assault two counts of vehicular eluding one count of vehicular homicide, one count of vehicular assault, possession of a controlled substance with intent to manufacture or distribute, and two counts of possession of a controlled substance by a habitual criminal. In addition, he was also charged with the misdemeanor counts of driving under restraint, use of red or blue lights, reckless endangerment, and one count of reckless driving and a traffic violation. He's being held without bond and is scheduled for a proof evident hearing on July 30th. Uh, he sounds like he's he's up a creek yeah and i mean it's basically automatic reckless endangerment and manslaughter if you're driving without a license um i mean it seems like um and this is only from talking to lawyer friends and watching many many hours of law and order uh, it seems like one of those things where they're basically charging him with as much as possible he'll probably plea out to, to some type of life in prison and then um I mean, it's just, it's one of those things where it's, it's, no one's going to be happy. I mean, not, nothing's going to bring the cadet back. So, um, hopefully he, he spends his life in jail or, or is away from society for the rest of his life because obviously even before this, it just, he continued to make mistakes and you can only give people a certain amount of chance. And especially when it, when it involves the loss of someone's life, um, it's just, yeah, you, you have to, um, Honestly, you just want to get through this as quickly as possible because especially for the families involved, it's just it's always a hard process. So I'm thinking that the prosecution just wants to charge him with as much as possible so he pleads out and they just can end this and everyone can move on with their lives. And it's I hate to say it, but, you know, echoing what you said, like a lot of times you'll see they just throw as many charges as they can and see what sticks. And especially when you injure a serviceman of the law or a state uh, employee, you're going to see, you know, they're going to prosecute you to the fullest extent of the law as they should um you know it's no secret that when public servants or police officers or whatever are involved in crimes that you will see a little bit more of an aggressive get-go to get after them and 
you know, that's the way it goes. Yep. So don't target public officials. Uh, I mean, a very tragic uh, situation there. Um, our thoughts go out to the families. Um, but we will definitely keep you uh, posted on this one. Again, the hearing will be on July 30th. So we've got some time to let this one simmer down. But, um, yeah, he's in big trouble. Uh, following up from the big story on Friday, um, the Longmont valedictorian from Peak to Peak High School, uh, who was going to be honored as valedictorian, but wanted to include that he was gay in his speech, and he wanted to come out to uh, his classmates in the world during his valedictorian speech, um, was actually given an opportunity to give the speech that he was barred from by the school. Um, Evan Young gave his speech that he wanted to give at the graduation from the Peak to Peak High School. Um, excuse me, Twin Peaks High School. I did the same thing on Friday. It's Twin yeah. Peaks High <laughs> yeah. School, not Peak to Peak. Uh, Twin Peaks High School, he uh, he said the words, I'm gay, and the, uh, the crowd that was put together by Out Boulder enthusiastically cheered him on, as they should. Um, Young was set to be the valedictorian of his class of 30 at Twin Peaks Charter Academy. He had a 4.5 GPA and will have a full-ride scholarship to Rutgers University in New York. And, yeah, as we talked about at length on Friday, he was denied by the school to give his speech and was not even recognized as the valedictorian of his class. But... Uh, he was given a great opportunity by Out Boulder to give his speech and to inspire others um, at a private event. And it sounds like, you know, from what I've read and people I've talked to, um, it was a really successful event and everyone, you know, enjoyed it. It doesn't right the wrong, and I don't think anyone's thinking that having this event where this young man's allowed to give his speech was going to right the wrong. It doesn't, but it does still um, give him opportunity to give the speech that he definitely deserved to give. Yeah, and especially with um, him, I guess, leaving the community to do things um, outside and, and moving to New Jersey, um, you also want to give him an opportunity to kind of leave here on a good note. And it was great by... Um, great job by Outboulder kind of organizing this thing really quickly and to allow him to um, to have a correct and, and really positive forum because at this point even if if somehow they had let him speak at graduation or with the school um, it, it still would have been either out of out of guilt or pity whereas this is a celebration of his academic career his um, his pride in, in in his identity and again allow him to kind of celebrate that instead of leaving both his high school career and leaving um the area with, with just a um just a bad taste in his mouth and it's really cool i was reading in the daily camera uh this morning that united states representative jared polis a democrat here from boulder who is uh he's a homosexual himself um acknowledged and you know applauded the young man for you know having the courage not to be shut down and to continue uh, you know delivering his speech and to continue his message and I actually I didn't say anything about it on Friday but it did occur to me on the drive home I was thinking I wonder if Jared Polis is going to get involved because I mean he's from this area he represents uh, Mr. Young and obviously uh, Representative Polis has done a great job pushing the forefront for getting equal rights getting you know not just civil unions but same-sex marriage um you know, a, a nice, a nice ending to a story that was pretty, pretty tragic. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, just especially with Polis, who, who, um, I mean, his career right now is dealing. Um, I mean, much like any any woman or every, any person of color in Congress, um, 
you're still he's dealing with a situation very similar uh, to Young's, and so um, it's also kind of that that connection of of being in a situation where um, some people might not agree with with what you're doing, but to know you have support, I, I think I think it goes both ways. So it was good good to see that from from I guess everyone involved. So congratulations to Evan Young for uh, being able to give his speech. And you know I know that he won't be ever in the documents or the history, but you know congratulations on being the valedictorian of your high school. That is, it doesn't matter if you're a class of thirty, a class of fifteen, a class of a thousand. Being the valedictorian is something that doesn't just happen in your high school career. You work hard from day one in your education career, and uh, good on him. I mean I know there's. 95% of us out there were never even in the running for it. And, you know, just to get that uh, recognition is uh, really cool. And to have that taken away is just terrible. So uh, some local news that is actually jumping on the trend of a national uh, going after of vacation homes. The city of Boulder is now eyeing uh, new regulations on who can rent their house and for how long. And it sounds pretty vague, so let me put this in context. The There are websites out there like Airbnb and you know VRBO where people rent the houses they own for vacation rentals. And in a place like Boulder, there apparently is a lot of homes that are owned by people that don't actually live here, and they rent them out full time. And there's a lot of days where they're vacant. And in a very heavily populated city where housing and you know having housing for everyone and you know, affordable housing is an issue, um, the city of Boulder is now trying to go after homeowners that don't really live in their Boulder homes and are only having them occupied a portion of the year. Uh, Short-term vacation rentals in Boulder are now going to be limited to people renting their principal residences under a new ordinance that's going to be considered by the city council on 6 p.m. tomorrow at the Boulder City Council meeting. Uh, again, the proposal would box out investors who have bought property in Boulder just to rent it out. And uh, the proposal reflects that there are concerns by local residents and city council members that companies like Airbnb are actually hurting the city of Boulder because of how easy it is now to um, rent out your home and, you know, have an investment in the city of Boulder when it used to be a lot tougher to do that. And I know that before these uh, websites hit the big time, people would sometimes list them on Craigslist and other things, but it wasn't, it was kind of sketch. And if, if you ever use Airbnb, you know, it, it's pretty straightforward and it's very, uh, you know, it's not sketch at all. It's certified and it's, I've heard very few stories about Airbnb not working out. But it seems now that the city wants to clamp down on this, and I, I'm a big fan of that. I think there are a lot of people that own property in Boulder as investments, and that's smart, um, more to the tune of renting out to students. But to have a piece of property in the city of Boulder, and you know, there are a lot of houses on the outskirts of Boulder, the, you know, the million, two million dollar houses. I don't really think that's going after these people. Um, it's the people that you know have houses that are in the city, and they're just not being occupied for a lot of the year. Yeah, and I mean, it's it's one of those things where I I keep going back and forth because. I know for the state of a city, especially one that's trying to create a community, you don't want, um, I guess, temporary residents or vacationers being the bulk of your population. Knowing, I guess, especially like knowing from like the Jersey Shore and stuff like that, um, how how these 
towns actually become ghost towns because all the rentals are, or are the are the properties become vacation rentals. At the same time, though, um, it's one of those things where it becomes someone's right to do it. So you're kind of this back and forth. And I mean, this is America in general, but the kind of what's thought of is the best for the community versus really what what is free market capitalism and the right for someone to use their their property their investment their asset um to create more financial opportunities for them and and mi basically micro renting these instead of renting them in chunks of a year renting them for weekends um gives people a lot more flexibility they can s still use a house themselves certain weeks and um Honestly, for a lot of places, especially because, and this this is not something that that is good for a college town, but um, it it can raise property values, and as a result, um, I mean, especially if you start, and that that's the other side that you, you it's it's less viable for a town because there's there's not the property taxes aren't as high here as a lot of other kind of vacation areas and. Um, and there, there is kind of this back and forth where it's not kind of there isn't a pure economy based on the tourism. So um, it's it's kind of a battle that a lot of towns have been going through. And uh, honestly, uh, if I had to pick a side, I would be more on the side of just letting people do what they want. But I. I can see that I can very much see the argument of why you don't want that to happen. And Boulder Mayor Matt Applebaum uh, said in a statement that was reflected in the Boulder Daily Camera, he said, how many units or parts of units do you want to be available for short-term rentals versus the general population? We don't want a significant amount of the housing stock turned over to short-term rentals. For a city with basically a zero vacancy rate, it's a serious problem. Now, I looked through the Daily Camera. I tried to look online for you know statistics. I went on Airbnb myself and Look, just looked at how many houses in the Boulder area there were, and uh, the number that the Daily Camera is reflecting says that a city review of properties listed on Airbnb found 514 listings within the city. So that sounds like a lot to me. I'm not sure if any of those double up or if some of those might you know be expired. But let's, I mean, if you're just rounding, let's say there's 500 listings in the city. That's a lot of you know that's a lot of space in a very cramped city and i know during the summer a lot of students go home and i'm sure a lot of people aren't coming uh well actually you know i bet you a lot of people do come to boulder during the the winter months i was going to say not as many during the winter but you know if you want to go skiing and you want to stay in boulder for a weekend it might be cheaper than staying in like uh, winter park or Vail. so uh, it's it's something that I think you need a little bit more data on before the public or anyone should be voting on and then it might be available i just haven't seen it um but apparently, and on record, there are roughly 20,000 rental licenses in this city. So that's uh, that's a lot. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of rentals going on. Yeah, and I mean, it, I think, too, it's, it's, it's the fact that the city is not involved in these transactions at all. So, I mean, it's, it's also a money issue in the fact that if this was kind of a more official rental through... Um, I mean, th they would have to pay the property taxes anyway, but just them not being part of the deal, I think, I think makes them a little weary of, of the whole thing, um, especially, w and it's interesting to kind of juxtapose this um, against 
kind of the lack of affordable housing in general and they kind of they're kind of pointing to these red herrings when in actuality it's a fact that they don't want to spend money on affordable housing and so part of it is because of the rental people part of it is because um because the like certain um geographical factors of the city and, and and so a lot of the i think there a lot of this is also just distracting from their inability to kind of um form policy that allows more affordable housing to come up so they're kind of doing these small things to 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 form a better property community but at the same time it's not um it's distracting from the larger issue and looking into the specific language of what the proposal that the city is putting out they want to take the short-term rentals which a short-term rental is being defined as a rental that is less than a month less than 30 days and the home that is being rented would have to be the principal residence of the person renting it and you know you can still they're saying that you could still have short-term rental deals but the principal resident um, would have to live in their home or apartment or condo for 275 days a year uh, and, and then there's also an issue with the occupancy limit there is that boulder code that no more than three unrelated people can live in a home and so that would be applied to people renting it saying that no more than three unrelated people could rent one of these places for a weekend which that really shuts i mean if they're going to pursue that if they're going to actually enforce that um that could you know be trouble i know there's a lot of families that maybe come together but you got to assume there's a lot of people like maybe in their 20s early 30s that maybe don't have you know set families yet that are you know four or five of them just coming out to boulder for a weekend and that would really squash that yeah and uh, it's just funny because i mean reading toward the end of the story they have um they say that um, the, I guess the allowed short-term rentals, there's going to be on the ballot to tax those, and then that would go into enforcement to prevent other short-term rentals. I mean, my my whole thing is just tax it all. I mean, just tax all short-term rentals and put the money toward um, whatever housing um, things you need to do in the city instead of kind of cutting off what could potentially, potentially be a revenue stream for the city. Um, you're instead kind of turning around and um, and I mean other things too like um, giving re residents um, breaks on sales tax and things like that you can actually work this to be a financial benefit for the city but I don't I think a lot of people are so well off that they don't really need that or consider that so in the end they just want to keep the community like it is which is, which includes blocking a lot of these short-term rentals 634 on Radio 1190, KVC Boulder. Join the conversation on Twitter. Tweet at us, at Joe Paris, at Jared B. Broush. Um, I actually don't have Twitter up right now, so if you're tweeting at us, I haven't seen them. <laughs> All right. I have my alerts up. So Do you? Okay, yeah. good. All right. Well, at least one of us is paying attention. <laughs> All right. Um, oh, no, I, need, I need the 1190 one just so I can see when I'm on the air and I can announce shows and stuff. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. I wish we could have access to the Radio 1190 Twitter. Yeah. Uh, I asked for it last year, and they're like, what are you going to do with it? And I was like, you're right. I probably shouldn't. We do have a Radio 1190 News Underground um, Twitter, at Radio 1190 News, but it's not. Yeah. We don't really yeah. touch it. Uh, some other local news. Um, Governor John Hickenlooper is planning to sign in a new bill that would make the fourth DUI a felony. 
and that would be punishable up to six years in prison and a fine as half a million dollars. So if you're a habitual and repeating offender of DUIs, um, you, you better watch out. Uh, the proposal that has repeatedly failed in recent years because of concerns about increased costs to courts and prisons um, is looking like it's actually going to pass this session. The bill signing ceremony will be held at a manufacturer of professional breath alcohol testers, which is LifeLock Technologies in Wheat Ridge. But again, uh, the state of Colorado will sign in that a fourth DUI will now be a felony. And again, a this felony would be punishable up to six years in prison and a fine as much as $500,000 in addition to anything else that came along with your DUI, possible manslaughter, possible you know reckless endangerment. Uh, I really like this, and honestly, I think that's really too lenient. I think three or two DUIs should be a felony. I think I, I don't love the felony. I think you take away their license, and especially if it's kind of a non- and one part of the problem is there are degrees of DUI. I mean, I, I do think there's a much, it's much different when you're 0.09 versus 0.27. But in a lot of states, there isn't that difference. And um, also, I guess, a non, I guess, accident or non-incident um, related DUI should be treated differently. But at the same time, if I'm kind of in the, I mean, at most, I think on the second, you should lose your license and then start taking classes. Um, I mean, what also kind of bothers me reading a story is the fact that they're having this ceremony at the LifeLock Technology, um, I don't know, factory or there. Yeah, and, and, and so you have a company whose vested interest is to keep people with DUI on the road. Like that's their entire business is to have these breathalyzers in cars, and so um, I mean the fact like this whole lobby like we're behind preventing DUI as long as we can make a buck and and it might be a felony but when he can, when he gets out he'll still be able to drive but just have to have a LifeLock technology which means and I know people have had this it's like 150 bucks a month and then. Other costs, especially if they, if you reset it, because like people have to, had it gone off after like doing mouth having mouthwash and 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 stuff, and so um, it's. I mean, I think with DUI, you it's. It I mean, I think it's similar as as drug addiction that you have to tackle the actual issue instead of just straight up punishing people. But I do think the punishment should relate to the crime, and um, I mean, I've talked actually. I talk about. I spoke about this a few weeks ago. Um, I forget which. It was another. It was actually a DUI case, and um, and just were very hesitant. Oh no, it wasn't a DUI case. It was a biker. Get, it was a hit and run. Um, that were really hesitant about taking licenses away in this country, even though driving is clearly a privilege and not a right. Yeah, and I, you know, after listening to what you just said, um, I'm not going to retract what I said. I do think that if we're going to go with this felony thing, I think you want to just go with three. But even better, if you have two DUIs, you lose your license for a long time because – Especially in a town like Boulder, where there, I'm going to be honest, there's a lot of drinking and driving in this town because yeah. of, you know, the party culture, because people think, oh, I'm only going a short distance, and also because of the, you know, the legalization of marijuana. There's a lot of driving under the influence going on in this town, and I am someone that will not get in a car with someone. I, I personally, obviously, will not drive drunk or even close. If I have a, if I have a drink, that's it. Um, 
I love, you know, the, the people I hang out with, my roommates, you know, my friends. We walk everywhere. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, even even biking sometimes. Yeah. And I mean, Uber's here. Uber. I mean, there's so many options. The bus system's great here. Yeah. The yeah. bus bus, especially during the school year. You know, during the summer, it's a little bit different. But... To me, drinking and driving and doing drugs and driving is inexcusable. There's, yeah. There should be a no. Like, if I was if, if I was czar of town, zero tolerance policy. If you have one, okay, you have one. You know, people are human. They make mistakes. I'm not going to say if you have one, you should be castrated and put in jail. But if you have two, it's like, come on. You lose your license, you're done. That's that. And I, you know, I... I don't remember where it was. I was listening to a group talking about DUIs, and people say, oh, well, it sucks losing your license. You know, it makes life really hard. Well, guess what? Uh, that's called punishment. That's, yeah, and I mean, it's really hard for people to lose their children and lose their relatives because you decided to drive drunk. And and so, I mean, again, it, it's it's a privilege, and it's really frustrating when people are like, well, I... I um, I took advantage of this privilege and I did something wrong, but why should I p- be punished and lose it? I mean, it, it's like, um, I mean, I, I, I just, it's hard to compare because driving is such a unique privilege in, in, the, in this country, but, but we take it, especially since, I mean, going to infrastructure, we have, we have such a terrible um, public transportation system i mean in cities it's, it's okay but especially when you need to go farther distances and you don't and and you need to go i guess away from major population points but you should be aware of that before you endanger everyone's lives and you make what potentially could be a fatal mistake for many people and so treat it as something you really care about instead of uh, playing around with it and then getting angry when someone wants to take it away. And, you know, I, I'm i not going to say that ish doesn't happen, but it shouldn't happen twice. Um, you know, you get in a bad circumstance, you make a mistake. Okay, you know, that happens. But twice? Come on, that's a trend. 641, Radio 1190, KBCU Boulder, Joe Paris and Jared Brouch here on Monday night. And here's a good one coming out of Broomfield. Uh, Broomfield police are looking for some suspects who broke into Broomfield Pawn Shop last Friday and stole four loaded guns, a samurai sword, and some other items. The break-in happened around 2 a.m. on Friday at Broomfield Pawn on 6650 West 120th Avenue. And surveillance footage shows that four people in hooded sweatshirts dashed into the store and stole some items before leaving the premises. Manager Kurt Wester said the most important items stole were not for sale. These made off with four guns, three handguns and a shotgun, that were used as personal protection in the shop and were all stowed behind the front counter. Uh, he said in a statement, we don't care about the jewelry and the other stolen stuff. We want those guns back, and all of them were loaded. Sergeant Dave Walt said police are looking for any information about the suspect but do not have any descriptions because they all have their faces covered. Police have taken serial numbers and descriptions of the stolen gun. If you have any information about these crimes or any other crimes, call the police at 303-438-6400 or you can call the Crime Stoppers at 720-913-STOP. It's one of those clickbait articles where I clicked on it. I was like, oh my God, someone stole loaded guns. Why did they have loaded guns to go in the pawn shop? But you you read the article, you read the news. They were not loaded guns just ready to go, you know, like a quick sale, like go out. These were, you know, items that the 
store owner had just in case someone came into the pawn shop and wanted to steal some things aggressively i mean pawn shops have a lot of valuable merchandise in them uh but yeah look on the keep your eyes on the lookout for four hooded figures and you can always call in anonymously there's no reward at this point but uh again it's it's tough because they're a small business in broomfield they're trying to uh make their way through i haven't seen a figure of how much of the losses are going to cost them but um apparently in the 10-year career of broomfield pond they've never had an incidence like this so hopefully uh they rectify that well they're also because they're asking for the gun specifically not because they're loaded because i they're not i bet they're not insured and everything oh. else is insured and so they'll get the money back for the jewelry and the samurai swords but since most retail insurance don't cover personal items um they only cover merchandise um i'm sure i mean those guns are probably worth about three thousand dollars combined um so i that's a big reason why they, they don't necessarily need the jewelry back um because honestly they'll probably collect more insurance and insurance than they would that the items are actually worth but the guns they can't collect on pawn shops are always really interesting to me um and i will be honest i used to watch that show uh pawn stars i thought it was really interesting until i found out the entire program is staged and they yeah. have i didn't know this till like two weeks zach bowman who runs new era wrestling actually told me because he was on a show like that where um in pawn stars is it, it's a program on i think it's the history channel and they it's out of Las Vegas. It's a pawn store that gets all these high valuable items, and it turns out that all the items on pawn, a lot of the items on Pawn Stars, are from museums or yeah. from collectors, and they hire actors to pretend they're selling them. Because I've always thought, like, man, these people are really good on camera for just yeah. being average people, and it yeah. turns out that the whole show is scripted, much like reality TV. Yeah. <laughs> all right, uh, that is the end of the local news. But we are now on to the national news, and here's the headline. TSA failure. Investigators able to smuggle weapons past airport security in 95% of tests. That's right. An internal investigation of the Transportation Security Administration revealed security failures at dozens of the nation's busiest airports where undercover investigators were able to smuggle mock explosives or banned weapons through checkpoints in 95% of the trials. This according to ABC News. The series of tests were conducted by Homeland Security red teams who posed as passengers setting out to beat the system. According to officials briefed on the results of a recent Homeland Security Inspector General's report, TSA agents failed 67 out of 70 tests with red team members repeatedly able to get potential weapons through checkpoints. In one test, an undercover agent was stopped after setting off an alarm at a magnetometer, but TSA screeners failed to detect a fake explosive that was ta taped in his back during a follow-up pat-down. Officials would not say the exact time period of the testing or really any other details, but <laughs> Homeland Security Secretary Jed Johnson was apparently so frustrated by the findings he sought a detailed briefing on them last week at TSA headquarters in Arlington, Virginia, and according to sources, U.S. officials are insisting that changes have already been made at the airports to address these vulnerabilities identified by the latest tests. Okay, if you have something like this come out, and it turns out that TSA is not even doing their job anyway, let's start running the airports like they do in Israel. If you're not familiar in Israel, they have a security system where basically they profile people. 
They look at people that look like they can pull something off, and they pull them aside. They don't bring grandma. They don't bring the stroller. They don't bring the nine-year-old with the sippy cup who has too much liquid in it. They let them go through. They get them over to where they need to be, and there's not a headache. Now, at the same time, there's you know it's a lot different climate in the Middle East, but I read an extensive report on Mossad and the way that uh, they do airport security, not only in just Israel, but the Middle East as a whole in Europe, and it is such a pain in the butt to go to any airport. And very few times have I gotten through security like that. And they've all been on red eyes. I was at John Wayne Airport in Orange County before the airport was open. And I was one of the first four or five people to go through um, the system. And that was the fastest I've ever gone through. But if you have something like this come out, I don't think it's inspiring people to try and blow up planes. I think it's saying, okay, can we scale back a little bit? Like, I know you, you use different machines now. You can have your random pat downs. Great. But maybe we take a real look at this yeah i mean that i think um <clears throat> the more we hear about it the more it seems like the tsa is a giant waste of time and a giant waste of resources and um y one of the things we have to consider is that um for the most part life is civilized like we no one wants to blow up a plane no one wants to like kill people randomly and so this like hyper vigilance i mean obviously 9-11 is a big part of it um in terms of everyone needs to be checked everyone needs to um go through like the body scanner and a cavity search and this and that and un unfortunately i we can't do what israel does because of the amount of airports we have, and and I, they, it's military personnel that's doing it, right? In in, in Israel, yeah. Uh, whereas here we have people with barely a high school education checking us, which is a part of the problem too. I mean, like you said, they need to just scale back the amount of people, have more qual, like have less people, but the people that they do have be more qualified. And honestly, we have the machines, we have the technology to get people through fast with checking their. I mean. I, I'm fine with the body scan machines. I, I think, I, I mean, it seems like most of this stuff is, is on people's bodies, which is weird because most of the time you hear stuff getting thrown carry-ons. And so, um, yeah, I mean, we just really need to review the way TSA works because, on, like, you get to a point where there's only so much you can do. And especially when you're dealing with, or if an organization that's, uh, organized well enough, they're going to be able to kind of pull off something. And so making us all live miserably and in fear isn't helping anything. And it, I think it's more of making people aware, um, making people keep their, like, citizens making, keep their eyes open and, um, and really just, I guess, not overreacting when one out of a billion flights, something happens, and um, and really, I guess, put these resources to better use instead of having high schoolers um, slap on a latex glove and threaten me. And in addition, the review also determined that despite spending $540 million for checked baggage, screening equipment, and another $11 million for training for said high school non-graduates, uh, the TSA failed to make any noticeable improvements since 2009. So there you go. The one big thing was the, the way they do the body thing where you do the YMCA yeah. and you get in the thing. But Which, I mean, I think has been the only significant advancement in what they've been doing the last 
14 years and that has nothing to do with human power and so and that's where most of this money is going it is like that that 540 like is a lot but that's kind of a a once every 10 year cost whereas we're constantly paying these people to not do a very good job yeah it's too bad too because like I, have you ever looked at the screen have you ever got the opportunity to look at the screen what's going on there it's tough to see sometimes yeah it really is like there's not a way to make it easier to the human eye than just have like these weird colored and shapes and like yeah i mean if things are solid and a different shape then you can pretty much you can get past anything and i was reading a different story not to i guess you don't these don't equate but i think I was reading there's only, I guess, 27 people caught with marijuana at the Denver airport out of um, a couple hundred thousand screenings. And, I mean, not to say that, like, it's like however much weed and a gun is, like, similarly shaped or anything like that, but if those are the numbers you're working with, with something that conceivably they're really looking for in one of the only two states that have it legalized um it's it's interesting to have i mean you're dealing with professionals they can easily disguise a gun or disguise um explosive so again it's just a ma- i think our best strategy is us as fellow travelers to be aware of what everyone else is doing 652 on radio 1190 kvcu boulder you're tuning in to news underground with joe paris and jared Brouch here on monday i guess this program is originally airing on monday june 1st so now that we're in podcast land, I should probably reference the actual date during the program. <laughs> uh, on to some soft news, uh, and I know this might be maybe the most noteworthy part of our program. What's new to Netflix in June? Oh, we've got some good programs for you. <laughs> if you're not a Netflix viewer at home, I'm sorry, but I feel like most of the country is at this point. If you, Even if you don't have an account, I'm sure you have your, your aunts or your, your mom-in-law's ex-boyfriend's brothers or something everyone's got someone's account um so some of the big releases coming to netflix in the united states um employee of the month starring dane cook shaquille o'neal's all-star comedy jam from atlanta las vegas and orlando uh the hit show from netflix orange is the new black will have their third season the summer spotlight movie from a year ago nightcrawler starring jake gyllenhaal will be available on june 10th i thought nightcrawler was an incredible movie um also the documentary done by john stewart of the daily show rosewater will be available um marvel's agent of shield season two uh what else we got here i think all the mighty ducks movies are gonna be available at some point finally yeah right um the documentary about the band pussy riot that was arrested and held in russia um we talked about it on this program i guess two years ago three years ago uh what else is going to be on let's see Katy perry's live action tour (laughs) and what else is going to be on there looks like those are the most notable i mean there's there's a lot of entries so go online just google search new to netflix but um it is the first of june so a lot of new programs um here today uh also what is leaving netflix i'm trying to look through notable things Mm, nothing nothing too bad's leaving netflix that i can see the rain man oh rain man is yeah texas chainsaw the triplets of belleville which i enjoy (laughs) it's a cartoon short but it's good uh phantom of the driver yeah oh steel magnolia is my sister will be disappointed about that 
G.I. Jane. That was a good movie. Oh, and Drugs, Inc., season 23. Oh. Of course. <laughs> There's so many seasons of that show. If you're looking for a show or two shows, if you just want my unwarranted uh, suggestions first, A Beautiful Day, which is Don Hetzerfeld, who is a uh, – he's like the best animator that you don't know. It's, it's called A Beautiful Day. It is uh, an animated short. It is really cool. And the second – thing I'm going to recommend is Salem. If you haven't seen Salem, it's about the Salem witch trial. It's a drama about the Salem witch trials in Massachusetts back in the, uh, I guess, 1800s. It's a really good show. Um, I I play a game called Netflix Roulette when I can't sleep, and I'll close my eyes and hold the remote down and just come across something random, and I'll... The only show I've never been able to sit through, I, I came across... I got National Treasure by with Nick Cage. And I got through about 15 minutes of it. I said, no yeah. way. So, um, yeah, Salem. That's good. Yeah, I think the Witch Trials were 1600s. 1600? Yeah. I, don't know. I have no pre, idea. Pre, uh, pre-revolution. But um, You're right, actually. They were. They were. You're right. You're 100% correct. Um, I'm trying to think. I haven't. There aren't. haven't been a ton of new shows. Um and I mean, Archer is one on Netflix that oh, yes. is definitely worth um, going through. Um, I'm trying to, there was um, oh this um, PBS documentary called Superheroes. Um, I'm getting into comic culture more, so it's definitely a good kind of intro. It's only th- it's three ep- three episodes, but they're an hour each, and they interview all the major people. But um, yeah, I've been watching a lot more movies. I watched Big Hero 6 again last night, which is Ooh, nice. just an amazing a movie. One of, one of the top Disney movies in the last. I mean, it's definitely better than Frozen. Um, <laughs> if um, I mean, it won, it won the Academy Award, so it's it not, I'm not completely talking out of turn. But um, it's just, um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. So, And then, um, I, yeah, I've been catching up on all the Marvel movies uh, since Avengers came out. So, yeah, um, I did, too. I think Winter Soldier is, is, is one of the best. Uh, I think out of this quote-unquote phase two, I think it's the best one of them all and kind of connects all the movies the best. I wasn't a huge fan of the new Avengers, but it was, it was definitely worth seeing. Just to, I guess, wrap this in, as a news and sports program, if you're into the news, CNN has a documentary series called Crimes of the Century where they take, like, eight or nine of like the biggest media like Waco or Timothy McVeigh or Andrea Yates uh, Unabomber OJ they have yeah OJ they have really really good documentaries and then of course ESPN's 30 for 30s yeah. are all up on there so but the Fab Five isn't which bothers me because it was though wasn't it it's not te- it was but it's not anymore for some reason because it's not technically a 30 for 30 oh. it's a separate documentary but those 30 for 30s are so good uh, I mean yeah um, I've never seen a bad one. Yeah, and now that Bill Simmons is leaving, although he wasn't as involved in the later ones, um, it's kind of interesting to see that's that's probably going to be his main legacy is just how how great all those films have been and, and their ability to bring in so many great uh, directors to bring a lot of these stories that people don't know. Like we know the larger story, but we don't know kind of the more detailed things associated with them. So that's I mean that's something that you probably want to sep- uh, uh, block out a week or two for and just catch up on all those because they're just all really great. And you don't know how long they're going to be on Netflix. And speaking of that, weekend box office real quickly. Uh, we'll go five down. Coming in at number five, Avengers Age of Ultron uh, from their fifth week in a row are in the top five. Coming at number four, Mad Max Fury Road. Uh, number three, Disney's Tomorrowland. Uh, number two, Pitch Perfect 2. And number wow. one at the box office, 
San Andreas with Dwayne The Rock Johnson. In a weird way, it's it, there's something comforting about a big disaster movie doing so well in the summer. Um, there's always like, I mean, everyone assumed that we moved completely to superhero movies, but if you do the right things, you can still make a great kind of very simple uh, disaster action movie. And I'm just a huge fan of The Rock. I mean, you put him in yeah. pretty much anything. <laughs> Watch whatever. Uh, that new HBO show that he's going to be on. Yeah, yeah. Is, is just, I'm very excited for that too. So just. Very good. Um, yeah, I'm definitely seeing San Andreas. I need to see Mad Max too. So it is really yeah, good. visually just, just yeah, and and not a, this story is not expected. So, and just so we can say, we had a sports segment um, coming up on June 4th. Cleveland and Golden State will go for the NBA Finals. Uh, I think we talked about that at length on Friday. Jared's got Golden State, so do I. And on June the third, Tampa Bay and Chicago will start the Stanley Cup Finals. Uh, really. I hope Tampa Bay can pull it off. Yeah, me too. I really, I just, I like them. I was watching Big Daddy in Tampa Bay and knew the Rangers were playing. Hey. Was funny. And also the uh, Belmonts this weekend too. Oh, the, the triple crown. American Pharaoh can yeah. get the first triple crown since forever. So there you go. Uh, Kate's here to do testosterone detox. Yeah. All right. So Kate's here to, all right. So Kate's here to do testosterone detox. So we're out of here alongside Jared Browse. I'm Joe Paris. This is Radio 1190 KVC Boulder. We will be back on Wednesday. Make sure to continue the conversation on Twitter at Radio 1190, at Joe Paris, and at Jared B. Browse. Don't go anywhere. Kate is up next. This is our legal identification, so don't go anywhere. This is Radio 1190 KVC Boulder. Yo, this is Everai, and you're listening to Radio 1190 KVCU Boulder. Hey.